Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty. Today is Saturday, March 2nd, 9.51 a.m., and I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan which starter Pokemon are you going to use in the Galar regions? I'm thinking the uh, Grass Ape. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. You think he's the only one with any sort of redeeming qualities? I feel like they just, like, Pokemonified Bugs Bunny and threw him on the front cover, and then the freaking whatever-the-heck uh, penguin thing or whatever. He's just, like... It's a... Tadpole. Like, yeah, exactly. So he's thing. just, like, chilling in the pawn all lonely and depressed i think they'll be good it, it depends on their typing yeah so i'm thinking that the ape dude is gonna be of course grass and fighting makes sense right so you're talking about uh grookie grookie yes he's the my little man i like him yeah grass fighting or grass rock and then we've got snore bunny say that again that's not right. No, that's right. That's ridiculously stupid. It's like Score Bunny. Score Bunny. That's yeah, what it is. That's Snore Bunny. He is a more of a Snore Bunny no, than a Score. No, that, that makes sense, right? Like you're scorching a Score Bunny. Sure, it makes sense if my like three year old daughter that I don't have came up with a name for the Pokemon. We have like La Pony, which is another bunny guy. Yeah, the point is they are the Similar. most uninspired, uninteresting starter Pokemons. You know what? I think honestly, Ryan, if I'm thinking about it, <laughs> wow. Let's start on a depressing note. I have optimism. Yes, there's none of that on the show. Sorry, go look for something else. I think the starter Pokemon have continually gone downhill from the first generation. Uh, I think these are back up first from the, Sun and Moon. Which one? What were the starters in Sun and Moon? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got that like weird like Sheeran thing. You got that or er, siren moon. thing. You got an owl that's a ghost. Oh yeah. And well, you, you had, got Cinnatar. You had Litten. You had not Oshawott. That what was like two. Three Incineroar. Days. Incineroar. Ghost owl and um, Rowlet's really cute, but his later evolutions are like super emo, like yeah. My Chemical Romance. I don't know what the hell's going on there, but and then Siren. Yeah. Uh. Po- what was the generation po- before that? Popeblo or whatever. Let's just look at starter Pokemon in all games. I, I think we're kind of biased to the original, though. Oh, undoubtedly so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who can beat a Charmander? Nothing. Nothing at all, actually. Blastoise, Venusaur. Uh, okay, so we've got Kanto, Ryan. And we're going to go through each series, and you tell me which is your starter Pokemon. Okay. All right, Kanto. We've got Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle. Charizard. Charmander. Of course. The next generation. Except he's not dragon type, which pisses me off. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you have to, like, what is it, stone evolve him to get a dragon typing on what, X version or Y version? Probably. Johto region. This is the Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Quilava, Bayleaf, or that's middle version. Bayleaf, what the? Bayleaf no. is the second evolution of Let the, me talk. Uh, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Chik- or Totodile? Yes. Ugh. It's between Cyndaquil and uh, Fraligator. Or yeah. Quilava or whatever. Typhlosion. Typhlosion, yeah. 
Um, I always went with Typhlosion, but I'll go with Fraligator. Heck yeah, Totodile, my man. Um, let's go along here. We've got the Hoenn region, so we've got Pokemon Sapphire, Ruby, and Emerald. So Splash. Mudkip. Yeah, then Tor- you got... Torchic and yeah. Trico. I always went with Torchic. Did you really? Okay. Yeah, because you can get a, a hidden ability speed one when you got the, uh, what is it, the Ruby, Super Ruby or whatever it was on 3DS. Sure. Omega Ruby. Omega Ruby. You can get a, um, like a speed ability one, and mm. it was really powerful. Okay. Especially if you EV and IV. Nice. Um, Mudkip for me, absolutely. Always going to be partial to Splash, as Lauren refers to him. And then we've got the, uh, this, okay, so this is, I think, the first, yeah, I really like the Sinnoh region starters, well, mainly just Chimchar. So we've got Turtwig, eh, Chimchar, heck yes, and then Piplup's cute little penguin guy. I like the, uh, Piplup. Yeah, I think you can't go wrong with Chimchar Piplup. I feel like the grass starter's always, like, the outcast, like, the, like, just the third child that no one really liked. Yeah, and he was one of the most powerful in, um, the first game. Yeah, like, Bulbasaur's... Good, just I mean, because of nostalgia, and then Chikorita's well, he wrecks cute. the first two gyms. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving right along here, we've got the Hoenn region, Sinnoh, we've got, okay, so we did that, and then Unova, so we got Pokemon Black and White. I was okay with K-Pig. I, oh, it's the grass one. What's his name? Snivy. He's the best. Yeah, he's a cool little, like, His uh, uh, final evolution is banned from tournaments. Is it really? Because it has a, an ability that basically, if you do one attack, I think. I have its hidden ability, like, IV EV trained. Okay. Um, if you do one attack, it just powers it up, and you can just wipe an entire team. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so, so, superior? Superior. Superior. Yep. Yeah, I was definitely an Embor kind of guy. <coughs> And then we've got the Kalos region, Ryan. We've got Chespin. This is for Pokemon X and Y. Chespin, uh, Fennekin, and Froakie. You can't go wrong with a Greninja. Yeah, oddly enough, when I played Pokemon X, I used Fennekin. Really? I just loved kind of the, the uh, Vulpix-type look of Fennekin. And then the wizard kind of fire person. Yeah, that it ended up becoming Delphox. Yeah. Yeah, I was into that. So, And then uh, I think that's all the generations we have, Ryan. So, uh, well, yeah. we got the owls and... Oh, yeah, Aloha, the Pokemon Sun and Moon that no one likes. Rowlet. I, I guess I have to go with Incineroar because Litton the other two popular. suck. Yeah. No, I think as a starter, like, Rowlet's adorable, but, again, what it becomes is just not something I'm about. I think he's pretty good, actually, playing through. Mm-hmm. You end up getting all of them, so. And then Galar, of course, we have Grookey, who is the little grass-type ape. Uh, Score Bunny, which is a happy-go-lucky Bugs Bunny. And then Sobble, which is just depressing and probably taking Xanax. I don't know what's going on there. Well, he was listed as timid, um, but he was going invisible, which is kind of a like a lizard kind of trait. But he could potentially be ghost water, which would be cool. Mm, okay. I don't think we've seen a ghost water. Um, and then the score bunny is potentially fire electric, is mm. what they're guessing, which is a really weird typing. Um, or it has like a bandage over its nose, so it's potentially a fire fighting, which could be cool. Um, and then there in the trailer, you saw like a soccer stadium, so it's you could be potentially playing soccer. Like, I don't know if it's like a mini game with his giant feet, <coughs> which could be interesting. I just don't know why they would showcase something like that in the trailer. What 
like if a mini game. Like I think they'd more want to showcase like if he was walking onto a stage for like a because the way I interpreted it, it was more of a Pokemon Stadium esque environment where you'd go and compete. Well, it's literally a Pokemon Stadium. I know, but like the game, the N sixty four game, that's what it like reminded yeah. me of. Yeah, well, I mean, technically in uh, Pokemon Eevee and Pikachu that we just played through, they highlighted the Master Trainers, which is kind of a mini game mm-hmm. in the trailer. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's 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 dig deep here. So. I was not very impressed with this trailer. I kind of had like a string of tweets on Twitter kind of discussing my thoughts. You know, I always am up for more Pokemon if it's done right. Sun and Moon was not that. And I was actually very disappointed in that game. Did you even finish that game? I didn't. No, I had no desire to. God, just your passion for Pokemon. Yeah, got got halfway through and I was just like, nope. Maybe you're Snorlaxing your passion. Oh, gosh. Look at this guy. (laughs) No, I was trying to think of, um, shoot. In Ruby's version, what's your dad's sloth Pokemon? Uh, I know what you're talking about. It's, but I don't know his name. Yeah, he's like laying down and eating like kale leaves or something. Yeah, and I think one of his moves is sloth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yawn, yawn. Yeah, he like falls asleep and regenerates his health. <laughs> yeah, so annoying. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, so I, I just feel like this generation is a step side a step step sideways. I'm sorry. Jeez. A step sideways <laughs> uh, from what we've seen previously. I mean. Honestly, I feel like this is just an up-res of Pokemon X and Y for the Switch. And well, I, I didn't like X and Y. Nor did I like Sun and Moon, but I completed it. Um, I, I still like the old retro top-down. Well, I don't think we're ever going to get that. No, we're not. I know. I have to lower my expectations. But I, you have to either scale up the world or scale down the person. Yeah, but I mean, we... We're, I mean, we're essentially taking a step backwards from Pokemon Let's Go because now they're random battles again. We don't even see the Pokemon roaming the world. That was my gripe, but I don't know how feasible it would be in an RPG kind of thing. No, it should be. If it, if, if it was a game that came out in 2019, like a game like New No, Nina I, com- I completely agree. Dragon Quest Eleven, Pokemon Let's Go, we should be able to see... I mean, it makes the environment come to life. I mean, why can't we have... A dumbed-down Breath of the Wild Pokemon game that's open-world, behind-the-shoulder viewpoint of your character, and not this BS-locked camera that we've had in Pokemon for the past 20-odd years. Uh, I don't know. It's So, I guess the director is uh, Shigaru Amori, which sure. is... He was a designer on Ruby version way back in the day, and he was the director of Sun and Moon... Um, so now he's the director of this game. Um, so I guess each Pokemon game introduced a new element. So if they do the same way Sun and Moon was, they you can ride around for like HMs and things. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Like you got to ride around on like a buffalo or something. As, like a Rhyhorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Rock Smash. That would be really cool if they bring that back. I'm not really sure. Um, I, do, I will miss the Pokemon running around because that was my favorite thing about Pokemon Eevee. And uh, Pikachu, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to play it. I'm going to play it. I just think that if this series wants to, no pun intended, evolve in any sense, I, I don't want just, okay, well, now, guys, we've taken five years of development, and now you can ride your Pokemon. No more HMs. Okay, see you in five years. I mean, we'll have to see. This is still, it's like a seven-minute trailer. So, maybe this is our first kind of glance into it. It was two it. and a half. 
Was it? Yeah, it was okay. super. The total, I, the, the total Nintendo Direct was like seven minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The world looks beautiful. Oh, it looks amazing. It definitely looks. It's, really there's a nice. large diversity. Um, the Galar region looks pretty large. There's countrysides, fields, forests, cities, lakes, different types of forests. Actually, like it was a misty forest. Mm-hmm. So kind of like in um, Kingdom Hearts world with Tangled, where you're going through that dark forest, which would. Remember that? Yeah, and then there was kind of a gem <laughs> cave. Yeah, area. there's gem caves. There's snow mountains. Gyms are back, which is awesome. Um, so that'll be fun. So, looks like it'll be a good game. I'm excited to play it. Absolutely, no, I'm excited to play it. I just think if the starters are any indication about new Pokemon, they're just going to be continue to be uninspired and uninteresting. Jesus. No, I don't know if that's necessarily true. We have to see the second evolution. Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't think, like, the past three generations of Pokemon, there's typically, like, two or three that are like, oh, wow, that's a cool Pokemon, and the rest of them are just like, oh, there's another fork running around. Like, <laughs> like that's basically... Whoa, whoa, whoa. ice cream cone. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's like, what, what, where are the, where are we, what have we come to, folks? Like, this is just ridiculous. No, um... I mean, we've seen literally three Pokemon. I'm the optimist of us, too. Probably because I'm more caffeinated than you are. Well, this is just a series that I'm so passionate about. It's something that I care so deeply about, and it's just sad to see what it's become. No, yeah, this is getting back to... I mean, you said it yourself that you didn't even really like X and Y or Sun and Moon. I hate... Well, I hate the top-down version. I hate the 3D because the world isn't scaled up enough. The world has to be exponentially larger to deal with a larger character model yeah so putting yourself into a smaller environment makes the world seem smaller that's Mm -hmm. that was my main problem and then sun and moon they tried something different which is evolving the series but ultimately it kind of alienated fans who played the original few games or few in the series this is going back to the roots of gyms which is awesome um We'll just see how it evolves. I mean, three out of however many. So we're up to 724 Pokemon, I think. I don't think that's including the Mythic. So you have Volcanion, and then there is one, like, robot Pokemon who might be 722. But, yeah, so we're up to, like, 725. Yeah. No, I think it's... uh... A lot to look forward to, a lot we don't know. Yeah, and if they screw up freaking Wonder Trading or the market on Pokemon, I'm going to quit Pokemon. Yeah, Wonder Trading's a deal breaker. Wonder Trading is awesome, but if they screw up the marketplace and they limit what you can say like they did in Sun and Moon, I'm going to be pissed. Okay, so what's explain to the folks that are listening, what's the marketplace? Omega Ruby, well, I guess one the marketplace in... Sun and Moon, they made made you go out of game to a specific kind of like mini game area to wonder trade. Mm-hmm. Um, As opposed which, to Omega Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, you which you do, do it. literally. I did it in the Elite Four. Yeah, you just like press just start chilling. and you can access it. <clears throat> you go into your computer and you can trade anywhere. Um, and then the marketplace in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, that's how I got to like 500 hours into that game is because you can put specific taglines and you can type in what you want to say instead of a drop-down menu of what how you want to say, like, this is a cute Pokemon. It's like, no, this is six IVs. This is hidden ability, hidden nature, just like, or hidden moves. And that's what you're labeling it. 
like adamant, and then what you're trying to trade for. Mm -hmm. If you can't customize that, how am I supposed to hoard legendary Pokemon and then increase my capital and then win the game? I don't know, man. That's I'm playing to win. That's right. It's not even about Pokemon. It's about collecting captive creatures, putting them into just these kind of slave pens, and then selling them off to other masters so that I can become the richest Pokemon master and then buy Lance's Elite Four title. There were so many buzzwords in there. PETA <laughs> is seriously flying a helicopter yeah. to my house right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I'm going to pump them full of steroids <laughs> and concrete food mix so that they weigh more so that I can sell them for more. Those on GMOs, the chicken. Man. Yeah. I'm just going to GMO the crap out of my Pikachus. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the buffest Pikachu. He's going to look like the original one on the card when he was like super fat. Remember that one? Yeah. Had like the Do you remember the uh, family guy where Stewie genetically modifies a pig and he's like, oink. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like punches someone <laughs> like with his fists, like his human fist. He's like, is that a pig? Does he have human fist? Yeah. Oink. <laughs> That's how I want my Pokemon. Uh, I want my freaking Machamp, like, deadlifting a house. <laughs> if he can't pick up six Onyxes, what am I doing? Yeah. Why are we even playing Pokemon anymore? I don't know. I don't know. We might be asking. Like an Arnold Schwarzenegger simulator. That's all I want. Oh, just gosh. pumping my dudes full of just whatever juices. Just HGH Pikachu. <laughs> like, he just comes out, like, he's got these rib veiny muscles, and he has, like, a Thor hammer. <laughs> he just, yeah, what's up? And then just freaking storms come in and just barbecue an entire stadium of humans. That's what I want. Wow. Well, I don't know if you're going to get that in Galar or whatever. I know. If I don't get that exact scenario, I'm pissed. Pokemon Sword and Shield coming later this year on the Nintendo Switch. Look out for it, folks. Ryan, in other Pokemon news, we also got another Detective Pikachu trailer starring Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Did you watch that? Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that. That's oh, going to be amazing. I think <laughs> it really wouldn't have worked if you didn't have the humor of Ryan Reynolds infused in that movie. Yeah, and Charizard looked amazing. And Mewtwo. Mewtwo looked amazing. Yeah. And then Bulbasaur's eyes looked amazing. I'm a little disappointed in how many Pokemon they're showing in the trailers. I kind of would like have liked to have seen Mewtwo fresh in the film and be surprised. Then like, oh, here's... Because there's only going to be like 60-odd Pokemon in the movie, and they've already showed like half of that. Yeah, I probably won't watch the next trailer, but yeah. I'm excited for what it is. Yeah, it's so weird and bizarre the way they've animated the, the Pokemon and kind of made it... In real, uh, like in live action with humans, but I think it looks well, so perfect. If you look at, um, shoot, what's that? Pinterest of like actual realistic Pokemon, they're just monstrosities. You're like, no mother could love that. <laughs> like, there, there's no way. But like, they're actually making them look cool in here. Like Jinx or not Jinx, Mr. Mime, Mr. Mime. That bit was great. Could be the most terrifying looking realistic thing. Yeah, but they kind of build the models to what they actually look like and just kind of high-res it up. Mm -hmm. But, oh, yeah. Like, Jinx? Mm, eh. Yeah, it's a really weird-looking thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it looks really good. I'm excited. Hopefully, they eventually do a Pokemon movie. Actually, there was a 
Rand, when I was at Walmart getting rotisserie chicken this week because I had no time to do life, I saw a DVD, DVD, not even Blu-ray. Whoa! Just chilling on Next the exit. VHS because, tapes too. Yeah, the Betamax. <laughs> Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> Next to um, the exit. I was like, why? This is really out of place. And I look at it, and it's like four Pokemon movies in one. Oh, yeah. For three bucks. Did you get it? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not passing up a $3 four movie Pokemon extravaganza. Did you watch any of them this week? No, week? I didn't have time for that. Okay. I was emailing Japan until like 10 o'clock each night. Wow, that sounds terrible. No, it was, it was awful. Yeah. I struggled to live. But today is the weekend, and mm-hmm. it's good. So it's the. Um, my, it's always one a, of my favorite. Every day is a good day to uh, be above ground, right, Ryan? God, that was my mentality this week. Yeah. You should just get that tattooed on your face. <laughs> like Just like around my neck <laughs> where the noose will go. So, um, yeah, it was the uh, Serebi. That's the Pokemon website. Is Celebi movie with Pokemon this? Forever? Yeah, it was that one. That's what it's was called. Was it actually four? Is it the fourth movie? Yeah, it's literally four and then ever. The, the number four. I guess I never put that together. Yeah. together. Um, so Suicune, that one, that's probably my favorite because that made me love Tyranitar. Mm, okay. Because Tyranitar and Houndoom, I think, are the two Pokemon that the evil team has. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're awesome. And then plus he has a freaking hyper beam. Though it's crap in games, it's awesome in movies. Then there was, God, that's the only one I really care probably about. Probably Heroes. Yeah, was on there. I think that's. I don't know what that is. Um, I think that had like the little plus and minus people or something. Or mm. okay, it was at the. Short... Oh no, Heroes I think had. Um... Jer- there was a Jirachi movie. Yeah, the Jirachi, and then what are the what are the two flying ones in, in... Latios and Latios? Yeah, I think that's Heroes. Okay, because like one they you ended up getting. I don't know. There's. Some I think I had that on Blu-ray. Mystery about that, yeah, because I have all of those as well, but they're just different format. Um, yeah, I was always a fan of Latias, the girl one, the red one, mm-hmm. said Latios. Yeah. I think he was better. She was better. Whatever. And then there was one other one. I don't think it was the Lugia movie. I also really love the Entei movie. Where, That's the third one. Yeah. I have those on Blu-ray. So what's the one, first one? The first one's Mewtwo, and then is it Lugia? Yes. Okay, and then it's Entei. And then Forever with Sarah uh, whatever the heck that green thing Celebi a little P actually whatever. my first I bought a used version of silver version and it had Celebi and all the mythics it had Mewtwo and just it was awesome like someone had either gone to all of the events or they had um, like what was that game Game Shark did in oh yeah do you remember mm-hmm. Game Shark way yep. back in the day oh yeah yeah nice I never owned that but we also have a few other quick little news announcements here. So I'd be remiss not to make mention that Reggie Filsame, president and CEO, our bodies are Reggie, is retiring. Who? Who? You've got to be shitting me. Uh, you know I don't know names. What What was his name? <laughs> Reggie Filsame. Okay. Is that... The president and CEO of Nintendo? Are you living under a freaking rock? Yeah, apparently. I've Look never... him up. Totally forgot his name already. He was the face of Nintendo for the past umpteen years. Retiring. Anyways. Nintendo president. He's, of course, being succeeded by Doug Bowser, previously the senior VP of sales and marketing. 
Ryan didn't get the the the, the, the Nintendo reference there. Wait, sorry, I wasn't even listening. I figured. I'm looking life. at pres. Why did they have a Japanese guy as the president? Because Reggie Filzame is the president, and he's the man. You'd think for a Japanese company, it would be a Japanese. Well, sure, you have your Sakurai's and your Miyamoto's, but like. Does he do a good job? <laughs> and Iwata, who... I think Iwata passed away just two years Iwata. ago. Iwata. Yeah, cause of death. Yeah. Complications. Bile duct something. No, Iwata was the best. Yeah, no, he was so you said the fourth president and chief over? CEO of Nintendo. So yeah, he was the president. I believe Reggie stepped in after his uh, unfortunate passing. But, um, but yeah, dude, Reggie, it's going to be sad to, uh, sad to see him go happy. He's leaving on good terms in, in good health. And I wish him all the best with his family. I think it's going to be, he's going to enjoy retirement since he's, you know, worth like 200 million bucks. But Doug Bowser, Ryan is succeeding him in the hey, office. Anyone named Bowser. So we'll see how that turns out. He's going <laughs> to just don't finish. his employees. Yeah, exactly. Um, before we get into the other news articles, Ryan, how do we start the show every week after 25 minutes of talking? Um, probably saying hello and what episode it is. And after that? Uh, probably questions. Man, you're really, really, uh... Or games we've been playing. The games that we've been playing recently. Ryan, what have you been playing this week? Um, well, in the last two weeks. I haven't had much time because of work things. Um, but the first week... <coughs> Uh, I played Smash a lot because I wanted just something like arcadey to play and not really get into anything huge. And I got um, a thousand spirits. So I'm up to a thousand out of 1301 right now. So doing a good job. Um, as a thing of advice, you can summon spirits. And there's like an easy 40 spirits that you can get that way. Oh, After nice. you just grind out the spirit board, you just chuck them. So you get one for getting the spirit board, and then you have to combine, like, three. But at, after you get, like, 900, you can just rapid fire summon things. So you get a quick 40 or so. Um, and I think those are specific to summoning. You can't get them any other way. Okay. So you'll eventually have to summon everything. I played Kingdom Hearts 3. <coughs> I beat the... Um, I'm playing on Proud Mode, and I beat all the islands currently in the jack sparrow world so i'm around 31 just trying to prepare for future battles can i talk about this real quick yeah sure okay so i've had some time to digest kingdom hearts 3 you know uh, when i first played it of course i was over the moon about it uh when the uh, the song plays in the beginning with skrillex and was it uh utada the, sure the uh what is the song called you think i know names i just didn't know who the ceo of nintendo was I'm going to know the name of, like, a song from Kingdom Hearts. Face My Fears. Face My Fears. Uh, great song. You know, it really gets you going. gets you all the feels. They have all these different memories and this montage of, you know, just cut scenes from previous games. Really emotional. Really sets the scene. And uh, you continue to progress on this grand adventure, visiting Disney Worlds with very little story being told, which is probably good for the most part because there are a lot of newcomers playing Kingdom Hearts 3 that hadn't played previous games. And then... The last, I would say, two hours is kind of just a crazy, in-your-face story. What's going on? What's Where's Goodbye Kyrie? You know, whatever. So, anyways, 
few weeks removed from playing it, 65 hours I pumped into this game, really enjoyed it, was going to undoubtedly be my game of the year. I don't think so anymore, Ryan. That's reasonable. Yeah, and I've had some time to digest it, and you know what I'd liken it to, Ryan? What? An average hot fudge sundae. So you're at this five-star restaurant, right? So like Ocarina of Time. You can, the door's right there. It's an average hot Let fudge sundae. Let me finish Sunday. this. Okay, so you go to a five-star restaurant, you have this nice steak and potatoes, maybe some asparagus, really just, really hits the spot. And then, of course, the the waiter comes over and says, would you like anything for dessert? And you're just like, you know, I just unbutt my pants a little bit. I'm like, okay, sure, I'll take a hot fudge sundae. So you take a hot fudge sundae. And then she brings this thing out on like this nice silver platter. You got three scoops of vanilla bean ice cream. You got a, this nice drizzly, hot, steaming fudge just trickling down the ice cream with a nice little cherry on top. <laughs> so, so, sounds like my night was sore. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So stay with me here. And so you are you look at this thing and you're just like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And yeah. you should just start going to town, right? The first bite is just delectable. You just, it's, it's the treat you wanted. And five minutes later, you notice that you actually just demolished the whole thing. And you're like, wow, that was the best hot fudge sundae I've ever had in my life. And then you pay your tab. You do an extra little tip because the waiter gave you a nice hot fudge sundae or whatever. And then you get into your car, you're driving home. And then you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that entire thing. That was a little too much. And bad choice. Maybe wasn't as good as I thought it was going yeah, to diminishing be. Diminishing returns. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel about Kingdom Hearts. It's just another average hot fudge Sunday. So I get what portion in your analysis or your retrospective made you come to that conclusion, that it was an average hot fudge Sunday from a five-star restaurant? I just think that, you know... When I look at my experience playing 1 and 2 and how memorable it was, I don't think this is a game that I'm going to be looking back super fondly of five years from now. What portion of the game? The entirety of the experience, actually. Okay. Yeah, like there's, like there's certain things that, levels of polish that I think are <coughs> incredibly welcome. You have the very fluid, fast, and enjoyable combat that's better than it ever has been, Yep. right? And graphically, it's the best it's ever looked. Mm -hmm. There is complete um, voice acting for all characters and NPCs, which I think is phenomenal. And the, the worlds that they chose, I think, were great because they finally got the rights for Pixar, which I read an article that it was actually a very... It was a hard, was a hard process. ...difficult process to get yeah. that going. And it took two years of back and forth with Pixar just to get the story beats right for the toy box world, which is actually pretty, um, I'd say that's my favorite great feat. Yeah. So there's a lot of great things here. I mean, it, you know, it, it, and it worked well, it really did. But when you look at a game that you've been waiting for, for 14 years, I think inevitably you're just a bit disappointed. Every, literally anything that you overhype or you speculate on, you're going to be disappointed because, 14 years. I mean, it's the same way that we speculated over The Last Jedi and we're disappointed at that. Mm -hmm. It's We came out from Force Awakens with so many different ideas of what it could be based off of what J.J. said. And like for the number of hours I talked about Star Wars theories with my coworkers, and then what was actually presented was the opposite direction. So the ideas that we can come up with which potentially aren't realistic, but would be a much better story, 
are we're disappointed because it's not that. Mm-hmm. So 14 years is exponentially longer to be disappointed. Um, playing it a second time, I actually increased how good I think it is. Mm-hmm. But as far as the story pacing, it's still a problem. Yeah. That's, I think that's my biggest gripe still. And I think I, I definitely agree. I think because graphically, aesthetically, the game is perfect, right? And <coughs> I just think there's the way the story was told or not told, I should say, uh, was a little bit disappointing with a game that's notoriously known for its ridiculously complex story. It's still ridiculously complex. Definitely. Well, yeah. Those last two hours, you you probably, if you never played Kingdom Hearts, you'd just be like, what the F is happening right now? I played Kingdom Hearts, and I was like, what the F is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I did enjoy it very much so. I just, again, it's not a game 10 years from now that I'm going to be looking back on and saying, best game I've ever played in my life. Yeah, I don't know many games that I would be doing that. Um, what do you rate it then? Oh, solid 8.5. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, So it's still solid. Still great, but like. It's not... You rate an average Sunday at a five-star ref- restaurant as an 8.5? I'm a generous guy, Ryan. Well, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I always tip 20%. The, the waiter must have wooed you or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so, actually, Lauren is actually... That's how we met. She's actually the person that delivered that hot fudge Sunday, and that was sparked a romance. Okay. I thought it was over an interview, but close enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she brought in this hot fudge Sunday to an interview. Yep. That's how it worked. Okay. So on the Kingdom Hearts train of thought, Ryan, and how I could potentially... segue, Be a, maybe an 8759 for me, is we have a DLC on the way. Yeah, we do. Namora was an inter- in a interview and was talking about the... Not the potential DLC, but the DLC that is, in fact, on the way. And so he's breaking this out into a few different things. So like he did with the secret ending, how he patched that on day one because he didn't want any potential spoilers getting out, he is teasing um, future patches to bring in other content. Yeah, because they talked about this before it was released that there will be DLC. Yeah, so part of it unpaid as a patch, I think we'll... (coughs) You all right over there? Yeah, I've been sick all week, so yeah. I'm just, just trying to bring down my cough. Okay. Uh, potentially patch critical mode, because everyone was up in arms about critical mode not being um, in the game at the outset. But you know what? Critical mode was never in the games at the outset. It was always in the final mixes that were released in Japan well, and yeah. subsequently came here in the form of the PS4 remakes. They were curious if they were going to do a final mix of this game to patch that in but if it's just a patch i'm cool i don't yeah. buy a second version and then paid dlc will be some kind of story beat uh, about shion <laughs> and how she kind of ties into the ending of the game and probably some ridiculous secret ending to that that will further confuse all of us before we never see kingdom hearts 4 yeah we were talking about zion the uh, basketball player at work and uh speaking of shion i think it's spelled the same isn't it x-i-o-n is Zion if it was Zion, it would be spelled with a Z. Z-I-O-N, Ryan, because that's how the alphabet works. Okay, I'm going to get works. some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, because Zion, isn't that the name of... I'm just thinking of those... The last few letters in the alphabet have the weirdest sounds. Um, Zion is the name of the Matrix ship, right? I think so. Yeah, the Zion. And then I was thinking, because I pr- screwed up Shion's name, because I was... How did I say it last time? You said Zion. Yeah, that's why. For I was like two thinking, and a half hours. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Why it was Zion? Okay, so I'm pulling up an article by um, Game Informer because 
Microsoft, the only redeeming, you know, property that they still have these days is Halo. And word on the street is that 3-4 Studios, Halo Infinite, to be a spiritual reboot. So the article goes on to say, as part of IGN's unfiltered video series and their continued talk with Bonnie Ross, head of Microsoft's 343 Industries, a little bit was talked about... Uh, a little bit was talked about Halo Infinite. The next game in the, uh, the what is this word? Venerated first-person shooter series? Venerated. Has always been announced, but Microsoft hasn't talked much about the new game. Ross has indicated that 343 wants to go to a new direction with the game. However, he, quote, says, there has been a lot of introspective time to really reflect on what's done at 343. Where we made mistakes, where we hit it all right, what does Halo mean to all of us? That trailer for Halo Infinite, uh, we did is what Halo means to the studio. Maybe it took us two games to get there, and I think we've done good things and bad things, but what does Halo mean to us? It is about hope, wonder, and heroism, and humanity, and community. And Cortana. And bringing community together. That's what the trailer is, and that's what we want to do. Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So is infin- Infinity in- Infinite? Right. Say with I'm me. thinking Infinity Wars. Yes, yeah, she, she owned. <laughs> is she owned Wars? Yeah. Um, is Halo Infinite Halo Six? Yes. Okay. So this is the final Halo. Yeah, I don't know about that. There's. Well, because what Halo Five ended with Cortana. Well, Halo Four ended with Cortana sacking, sacrificing herself to kill that weird-looking vampire guy. Sure, I don't pay attention to stories, especially when shooters. Okay, and then Halo 5, there was that Black Spartan who was attacking uh, Master Chief because he's a bad guy, I guess. And then they teamed up, and then Cortana went rogue because she was destructing or whatever. Sure. So how the heck are they going to end it? What are your thoughts? I don't <laughs> care. I just want to shoot aliens. Okay. Yeah, me too. And stab God, them I would sword. go for some grunts right now. Like, mm. you know how fun that sounds? <laughs> like, they like, run around like crazy. Well, I just love in the first one when you're doing that, uh, the end scene where you're on the warthog and you can get off and then you just like, there's grunts just chatting. Like, it's one, like, a, a hidden thing. You'll die, but yeah, they have like certain conversations nice nice it sounds so good if i didn't get the red rings of death i could go for some halo 3 right now yeah legendary we have an xbox here do you really yeah do do you want a spartan with me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'll take arms with you ryan (sighs) (laughs) sounds like an elite experience (laughs) oh gosh i'm gonna be sick um did i have any other news articles here I don't think so. I'm thinking think so. of so many worse things that I can't say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so back to the games you've been playing recently. We really mm-hmm. derailed that conversation. Yeah. Uh, so, <coughs> so you gave me your Sapphire, the Game Boy. Not the only thing they gave you. Yeah. And I, I recently got, or I guess I talked about it already, but I got an SP from a game place near us, and it's pristine condition. It's like 30 bucks, so I was pretty pumped about that one. Um, so Rusty gave me a his copy of Sapphire. I had two. Yeah, so I'm playing through that. I played through a little bit, just kind of the main square where you get your Pokemon. Who did you choose? Torchic. Yeah. 
So I named my character, named my Pokemon, and then I went up and got to the first town. Nice. Yeah. Didn't have much time to play this week. Um, so my character's name is Figly, and my Torchic's name is Hot Stuff. I mean, as you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, I, I wasn't actually... Like, I'd get home from work, and I'd be sending emails and things. So what I did was I watched a, a charity for, like, raising money for cancer for speedruns. And I watched the Dark Souls 3 speedrun, and it made me want to get good. <coughs> they beat every boss in the game in an hour and 39 minutes during that charity event, which is insane. So what I did was I made a new character, and I was trying to test out like finding where you find like it's a sharp gem with cell swords which means nothing to you but you'll eventually have to play dark souls 3 absolutely um, <coughs> gosh man you want so, like a no i so yesterday i had to Some vitamin c we presented and like i was downing cough drops and like all this week i've been presenting things and i've been sick like i was i worked from home the first time wednesday actually when the nintendo direct was um but uh, Thursday, I think I ate a bag of cough drops. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, I was struggling. It felt like a balloon was All those sugar alcohols like didn't destroy your stomach? I mean, I had acid reflux for most of those days. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to figure out Dark Souls. Um, I also bought Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, the new one, mm-hmm. and then Wolfenstein 2. I just haven't had a good weekend to kind of sit down and binge one of those things. Um, and then I also, I put in God of War 4 last night. Yes, because executive producer of the show, Travis, he's been playing that quite a bit. Yeah, and I was watching, there's, they added a new game plus, and there's like Zeus armor that they added. So I only got through, like, so after you beat the game, there's these harder bosses than any of the bosses in the game called Valkyries. That you find throughout the world and you use mechanics in the late game to get through these hidden walls. And, <coughs> and yeah, so I need to beat all the Valkyries mm-hmm. so I can get... Actually, I kind of sucked and I beat two and then one of them I just couldn't figure out dodging. So I need to get better at it and practice. And then there's some um, gems and things I need to equip to my guy. But yeah, I want to beat all the Valkyries and then go into New Game Plus mode after kind of 100% the playthrough. <laughs> So I can get Zeus armor, which is basically like a glass cannon build. So you do a ton of damage, but you're also basically double vulnerable. Wait, so question for you. So when you go through the uh, uh, through the game, can you equip new armor that actually physically look diff- looks diff- oh. looks different? Oh, it does. Yeah. So throughout the game, you start out with like a leather, just I uh, just leather armor, I guess. And throughout the game, you find new armors and you can buy new armors from the dwarves. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's, it has a lot of RPG elements. And then on each one of the armors, you can upgrade the armors to level three. And then you can also on your Leviathan axe, equip different gems and like abilities. Hmm, I might buy this like right now. Dude, it's freaking amazing. 40 bucks. I'm going to play through it again. It's, I, I physically got the case cause I love like, games that I want to keep around forever. Like, I'm looking back at my PS3 collection at my parents' house, and I have a stack of games. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I loved all of them, so I totally enjoy seeing them again later in my life. Yeah. 
So as far as PS4, when it's PS5, and I'm guessing it's not going to be backwards compatible, I can look back and say, I love the crap out of all these games that I have and just have that stack. Well, I think that's kind of like why I have like the little dungeon that I have over here is... The porn dungeon. When when Laura and I eventually get a house, like I want to have, you know, Ikea shelves and have these games displayed somewhere because one, sometimes I don't even need to play it. I need to just go over and look at it and just be like, I remember... 10 years old in my mom's hair salon back room with my polar pop playing kingdom hearts. You yeah. know, like I, those types of memories to have is my computer's like exploding over here. You want to pause and now we'll be good. We'll be good. I think it's cause will I opened they... up another window and then just, would they hear that on the thing? The no, thing? it's, if it is, it's going to be very, very faint and muffled. So we're, we'll be good. It'll, it'll calm down here in a second. I think it's cause I tried to buy God of War and Kratos was like, you shall not pass or some stuff. So I don't know what the hell is going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do, I guess, is the Valkyries. And you get specific armor. Valkyrie armor is pretty cool. Um, but each time, like, each enemy has levels. And your armor essentially levels you up. So your armor, your level as a character is based off the level of your armor. Okay. So it's kind of not the same mentality as Monster Hunter, but similar. So, like, Monster Hunter, you are level one always without armor on. Mm -hmm. But your armor is based off the level of creature. Um, This one is you have base abilities, which makes it a little bit different. But your armor is the thing that gives you defense or strength. And you can customize how you like to play. Okay, cool, cool. Um, So, I'm I'm thinking of playing that through that later tonight. Um, I think the time investment for Spider-Man... Um, is going to be the biggest. I played through a couple levels. I guess it's not really level-based, but I played through a few fights. But that's a 20-hour game, which I don't really have time to fully invest because I'm going to want to play through it all the way. Like, yeah. Just power some hours into it. But For sure. Just no life it. And Wolfenstein, I was so tired, and I just couldn't focus on shooting things. How did you feel about that opening? hated the opening it was the most depressing opening to a game i've ever seen it's pretty dark i mean it, it definitely kind of sets the mood for the game those games are not for like oh i had a really tired long day at work i'm gonna come home that's exactly what i did it was like a wednesday night it was like, like hey i just watched my mom get abused in the game and then my dad made me shoot my dog did you actually pull the trigger you no he pulled the trigger because he says shoot it and you actually can i didn't no i shot around the dog Okay, yeah, I refused. And then uh, he took it and shot the dog. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then you're running through and you're shooting Nazis, I guess, and then in a wheelchair, which makes it difficult. I like that you just run and gun and roll around. Well, you need which to play will, the whole it, game. Which will eventually happen. Yeah. I'm just in the like opening tutorial You area. really need... Oh, gosh. I might play New Order, cause that, again, because that game is... You need to play one to see how... Like, why BJ is the way he is in two. Okay. I can just watch a story recap, right? Ah, oh, it doesn't... No, it's not the same, because his relationship with What's-Her-Face is just... Same way Uncharted is? I mean, it's not to that degree, but it is, to a certain extent... Yeah, you actually care about the characters. Okay. Anya, I think is her name. Anya. Okay. I might have to do that then. And I have, I have New Order, so... I'm kind of in a God of War mood, so I want to finish that, or play through. I just... I don't know. I want to be a Greek god. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. Zeusing it up. Good stuff. 
it is time for me to talk about the games that I've been playing recently, Ryan, because Lauren is yep. making a food run for us, grabbing some noodles and company, and then we're going to go see How to Train a Dragon 3. Oh, yeah. Here at uh, 11, 12.45. So we need to make sure we scarf down our noodles. And I need to make sure I sell all the listeners, Ryan, on the game that I've been playing this week. I'm already sold, and I watched it for three minutes. <laughs> yes, and that is Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. So preface this by saying I did not play Wrath of the White Witch on the PS3, which was very highly regarded by both critics and the public alike, and mainly because of the graphic style. So basically, Level 5, who created uh, great games like Dark Cloud and Dark Cloud 2, and... This is the games you played recently, right? White Knight Chronicles. And what other games did they create that I'm totally blanking on? Look up Level 5 for me, Ryan. Level 5. And so... Not level 6, but Level 5. Okay, so I've been playing Nino Kuni 2, didn't play the first one, and it actually is in no way a continuation of the story that took place in the first game. So instead, this game, so you don't interrupt me, did you have it up real quick? Yeah, Yokai Watch, Yokai Watch 2, Nino Kuni, Nino Kuni, Fantasy Life, Mm -hmm. Layton's Mystery Journey. (coughs) Oh yeah, the the Professor Layton games, of course. Uh, Inazuma. Inazuma. Elevator Go. Okay, we're getting to the ridiculous stuff. The obscure shit? Yeah. Dark Cloud, The Snack World, Dragon Quest? Eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah, Professor Layton, Rogue Galaxy. Oh, Rogue Galaxy was the one I was thinking of. Yes, Um, PS2 RPG. Dragon Quest Nine. they helped with. Beautiful game. Cool. All right, we're good. We got enough White Knight Chronicles, Professor Layton, whoever he is, he's on like a million games. You don't know who Professor Layton is? Do I look like a type of person who would have? I okay. You introduced me to the art like J, uh, JRPGs. So first of all, it's a puzzle game. Okay, we're not even gonna get into it right now. Anyway, is it a Candy Crush? <laughs> so we're gonna talk about Nino Kuni Two. The game starts off where yeah. Roland, who is kind of an, not an elderly gentleman, but he is in a string of limos. He presumably is the president of the United States. He's going across what seems to be some giant bridge in New York. And he looks out his window and sees a nuclear missile flying towards his city as he is going towards the city. Uh, so it ends yeah. up, of course, detonating, explodes the whole universe. And he, he wakes up kind of just like really disoriented. And just as about before he dies, he vanishes to a far off land called Ding Dong Dell. The kingdom of Ding Dong Dell. Ding Dong, the witch is dead. And he appears before the king of Ding Dong Dell, that is Evan, the main character, main protagonist of this game. Yeah. Roland finds himself much younger. He is his probably in his 20s. Um, so he basically went back in time, sort of, mm-hmm. at least from an age perspective. Yeah. And he teleported to a distant land called Ding Dong, Ding Dong Dell. Evan's father was, um, spoilers for Game of Thrones... His kind of... Her, his, okay, so Evan's father's like understudy. Dude, I almost got really mad, and then I realized I've watched all the Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was like, dude, don't spoil season eight for me. Yeah, no. So Evan's dad's kind of understudy ended up poisoning the king. He okay. died, so then Evan, of course, became the king. And so now that understudy is trying to overthrow and kill Evan so that he can be king of Ding Dong Dell. And he's just... He's How? the villain. He's the villain. Okay. How's that a Game of Thrones spoiler? Because the the king was m- murdered by um, the the incest twins or whatever. The, <laughs> the incest twins killed the king. 
Yeah. Well, not with poison. There's King Slayer, Jamie, who stabbed the Mad King. But then, then the other one that like just like got ill and ended up dying, and then Joffrey. Oh, or then Baratheon, he's the hand of the king. The hand of the king. Yeah. yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Whatever. I was trying to spoil something later on for you. Okay. Yeah, we're not gonna get into that. Oh, I know how that person. Yeah, I. Little... But, but that's totally different. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's to totally Nino, not right. Back to Kuni <laughs> too. So, um, Evans' kind of kingdom is being overthrown. Roland helps him escape the king or escape the kingdom, and off you go on this grand journey to essentially rebuild your kingdom and dethrone this rat villain. So is this a dark cloud kind of rebuild or is this just a rebuild rebuild? It's so you don't get to that mechanic until about 10 hours into the game. And I should, before I get to that, just say this is a uh, through and through an action RPG where, you know, you're, if you're in a king, if you're in a city, you can just walk up to people and just slash them with your sword. And can you kill NPCs? No, I mean, I mean, enemy enemies. Oh, I get so excited. Yeah. I'm like, no, I can massacre towns in the Auto. So you can just... Or Skyrim. You know, there's no pause. You just walk up to them, you slash them, and you're immediately in combat. Excuse me. But if you're in the overworld, which you saw earlier, which is very reminiscent of, like, old Final Fantasies, you can aimlessly explore the, the world, which is really great. Lots of hidden collectibles and loot and, like, materials and stuff like that for crafting. Um, when you find enemies in the field there, you walk up to them... And very seamlessly transition to a battle. Yeah, it's where like a Pokemon Pikachu EV. You see him walking around, and then you can hit him. Exactly. And when you are spawned into battle there, you're kind of in this circular little area that you, in real time, can just slash him away. You have both ranged and melee attacks. So up close, you typically have diff- a number of different swords that you can choose from. Uh, from a distance, you can use your little wand to cast, you know, Avada Kedavra on, like, all yeah. the little enemies. So you were the yellow-haired person. That's correct. Okay. who is Is that a protagonist from the Ding Dong world? That's the king of... Uh, that's Evan. Oh, the, the king of the Ding Dong he's world. He's king of Ding Dong Dell. Okay. Interesting. And is he primarily a mage, or how does the stats work? Do, can you, like... Usually there's, like, a mage character, like, in... Um, Dragon Quest Eleven, where like the women, the two sisters will heal you. So there's none of that going on. You can pause it in battle to use potions. Your higgledies are the ones that perform. Mm. Um, Give me some of that higgledy. <laughs> some perform magic. So later in the game, I think I've said that before. Later in the game, you meet these things called higgledies, which are basically like little miniature Pikmin. Yeah, and you can find them all across the world. Um, and these some they're in these summon stones. And when you walk up to a summon stone, it'll ask you for a particular material. It could be wool, it could be um, a mushroom of sorts. And if you feed the correct one to them, then a Higgledy will, will spawn and you can add it to your kind of clan. The Higgledy clans. Basically, so you can kind of level these things up. One of the biggest complaints for this game is that it's too easy, which I don't have a problem with because I love just leveling up my character ridiculously and just annihilating all well, enemies yeah i heard that from reviews i've watched like i totally like going into a game that's perceived to be like a normal difficulty leveling up maxing min maxing and then just steamrolling shit and that's, which, that's what i find to be fun and that's what you can kind of do in this game which i'm loving it for that honestly mm-hmm. um if I, if I wanted to play a really challenging rpg i'd go to 
an old school Final Fantasy, an old yeah. school Dragon Quest, or Dark Souls. You know, um, I didn't come to this experience looking for extreme difficulty. Yeah, and I'm not finding it. And there is difficulty to be had because scattered throughout the world, there are these particular bosses where they're kind of enshrouded in this purple mist. Yeah, and when you walk up to them, you'll know that they are a lot more challenging than a typical enemy. Yeah, I'm just picturing like the king of Higgledy or whatever sees his town being nuked and he gets teleported to like Dark Souls and he goes up to Prince Lothric who just has this flaming sword that he has from killing a demon in the underworld and he's just like, hey, I'm younger and I need your help and just gets impaled. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. It's not that. Um, Welcome to Lothlorien. No, it's not that at all. It's just really fun. It's charming. The graphical style, what was so appealing for the first game is that Studio Ghibli, who is famous for making movies like Totoro, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away, all those great films, they were kind of responsible for the graphical style that Namco yeah. Bandai and Level 5 adopted for this game. And it's no different in Nino Kuni 2. Studio Ghibli wasn't on board, um, but one of the animators from Ghibli was responsible for kind of doing the art style for this game. And it borrows heavily from Ghibli. It looks yeah, exactly it looks like that. Yeah, it shaded almost. Yeah, kind of. it, it does. It's it's just so, it's so like a Dragon beautiful. Dragon Ball Z kind of style. Yeah, you cannot understate the the level of polish that this game has, graphically speaking. So there, another complaint was about the war, like the warring of the Pigleys, or the Higglies? Yeah, Higgledies. Higgledies? What Whatever. Um, was there any problem with that, or did you find any issue? So I don't think there's much incentive to even use the Higgledies, because... If well, you, didn't they, like, clan fight or something? It was, like, a minigame? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about, so we'll get to that, too. So there's a lot of different components kind of in this game. There's, of course, just your general action RPG. You're fighting people. <laughs> you're walking into them, spawning in battles and things like that. Then you have your kingdom building, which is later in the game. And so Evan's sole purpose is defeating... Don't the, spoil things. The, this is... You can read it on the back of the freaking box. Okay. Defeating these villains the villain, this rat guy that's, you know, had his father killed. Yeah. Had his father killed and is trying to have Evan killed. Um, he wants to defeat him and build a kingdom and essentially just have peace among the other kingdoms. Okay. So that's basically his sole purpose. And so about 10 hours into the game, you find a town that you're going to make kind of your base. Ooh. And that's where you can start, like, spawning and building up different buildings. And then you recruit citizens by performing side quests for people around the world. Do you get, like, loot for, ha like, how does the city work? I'll get there. Dude, now I'm all horny for s building cities. Yeah, so, so <laughs> when when you perform side quests for folks, then they'll you recruit them to your town. Mm -hmm. And each person has different abilities. So you may have one person that's good with cooking. So they will be the owner of kind of the cooking shop. Ooh. Then you'll have someone that's more crafted in magic. So they'll be the person that you'll end up going to to learn new spells and things like that. And then you have a barracks, so you have you have a farm, you have all these different like kind of components that you'll need to find specific citizens to be able to run. And as you're exploring the town, they're gen generating revenue for your town. That's pretty cool. And that revenue is then used to buy things, upgrade your kingdom, upgrade shops, build new shops. Oh, I'm for sure getting that. So Travis is playing through uh, God of War. Oh, I thought he was playing through the uh, Switch game, the Link. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. No, he's not doing that until I play it. What a dick. Well, in uh, in the, <laughs> in that game, there is a place where you can do the exact same thing. Okay. It's a side quest, but you can actually build a town. 
and it's really worth it. And you get, you can recruit people from all around the world to come and have a shop mm-hmm. in this like central location that you built. Okay, cool. Which is really cool. Um, so getting back to the Nino Kuni, I don't think, I think what you were referring to the Higgledy battle clan thing yeah. is this other component to the game that kind of plays like a real time strategy game. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have these hordes of like different hordes of, uh, um, armies with you and you'll find hordes of other armies around that you kind of like march from a bird's eye view your people think like age of empires empire earth battle for middle earth lord of the rings you yeah. know you kind of march your your clan of troops to other clans knock them out and it just kind of plays like i don't think it's very um fleshed out really it kind of mm-hmm. just seems tacked on it's not a major component honestly you can avoid it most of the time because You'll see these flags in the middle of the 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 overworld. You'll see these flags in the middle of the overworld that you can run into, and that'll kind of spawn these weirdo, you know, strategy RPG type battles. Um, but they're really few and far between. They definitely don't like in any way delay you, or they're not too much of a nuisance where it breaks out the rest of the game. Um, but no, I'm I'm really 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 enjoying it. I implore you, Ryan, that you need to get this. Yeah. I know you're probably going to go to GameStop after our discussion here. Yeah, I'll probably beat a few Valkyries because I do want a few armor pieces. There's this cool uh, gem that you can, like, ice beam someone, but then I'll definitely get this before I go back to my apartment. Yeah, no, it's it's outstanding. It's beautiful. The story I'm actually paying attention to because... Really? Yeah. That means something. It's just, it's so charming and whimsical. I, I'm really loving it for that because it does feel like I'm playing out a Studio Ghibli film. Okay. And I have such a great appreciation for the storytelling in those movies that I feel like this game is kind of doing that. It very much is good against evil, but there's a it, lot of... It's the most basic, fundamental thing. Yeah. Us versus them. And one of my complaints for a game that is an RPG, and it is very dialogue heavy, it's very rare that it's actually voice acted oh you have to read stuff well like a lot i don't know how to read well a lot of like the critical (laughs) scenes are fully voice acted yeah but it's one of those things where it'll like it'll be voice acted for like three seconds and then it'll jump back to text text. and there's times where you're talking to people that really don't have a lick of importance that'll just mash the x button because i don't care what they have to say but if your little companion lofty who's like this little like i don't know little goblin-looking weirdo thing. Cute monstrosity. He's so cute, though. Yeah. And he has, like, a gruff, like, English accent, and... Oi. He literally says that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's, like, literally one of his little quirks. Yeah. Um, But whenever he's talking, I make sure I'm listening and paying attention to, like, even the, the text dialogue, because it's just hysterical. Your mom and I, <laughs> like, uh, smash the X button. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nothing like that. But no, it's it's just really charming. It's a lot of fun. A lot of moving pieces as far as the different mechanics in the game, but I think it's all pretty well put together. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. So I'm looking for... I'm in 15 hours in, level 35, chapter 4 of chapter 9, and um, I don't know. I heard the uh, end game like post is really hard, and, but it's really fulfilling. And it's good that I just started playing it because the DLC was actually just announced too. Ooh. Extra little story bits, so... The story bits. Yeah, get those story bits. I'm loving it. I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to playing more. Yeah, I was looking on the back of the cover if it was two-player. Because that would be fun to do RPG stuff together. Yeah. Awe-inspiring animated adventure. All-action battles. Rediscover another world. So normal JRPG kind of rhetoric. Yeah. 
No, it's funny. What's Ninu Kuni mean? Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm sure it means something. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let us Google. Ryan, what do you want to do? You want to get into questions or you want to like wait until we get our noodles? Um, so I guess one quick thing. Anthem came out. <coughs> it's basically uh, an Iron Man simulator. And originally I was excited for this, but questioning it because it's EA and EA sucks. And I'm not going to get it anytime soon, but I guess a heads up to what's going on with that. It looks graphically looks good, but as far as what was shown in the trailer at I think E3 to now, they've toned down a lot of the foliage, the kind of the hub world with the assets for like containers and atmosphere and just different moving models, I guess. Um, as far as the loot system, everything is randomized, so everything can drop anything. So there's no real incentive to grind a certain monster. So mm-hmm. like in Borderlands, you would kill one of those giant like end game bosses because it dropped a specific gun or like an elemental gun or whatever you wanted. So there's like a loot table per monster. Yeah. This is not so. It's basically you kill anything and you can get any gun at random. And then the mods on those guns, which is generally what you'd go for like on Borderlands would be it's a 10% or you get a 15%. So it's a little bit better. You switch out that gun. Yeah. This is like unrelated, like physical damage on something that does elemental damage. Mm -hmm. So it could be completely worthless skill on a specific gun. So it's kind of broken for how they do loot right now. Um, One of the major complaints is about the loading screens because they go on for hours. Um, Well, it's funny because Andrew Reiner, (laughs) who's kind of the editor in chief at Game Informer, he said that um, he jokingly tweeted about it, and he said, I "Was loading my new match for Anthem, went out to the kitchen, made a sandwich, came back and ate it, and it still wasn't finished." He's like, "To be honest, I was really hungry and ate my sandwich quick, you know." But he was jokingly like saying like the loading yeah. screens were really long, but then I was, you know, he's comical too. But that's in today's so here's the problem with this, Ryan. In today's day and age, when you have a particular developer that has made games like Dragon Age Inquisition, Dragon Age Two. They've made the Mass Effect trilogy, and then they come into this new generation, and I don't know if they just think they're hot stuff that people like Bethesda and Bioware and EA can can put out just sloppy seconds, mm-hmm. but that should be it's just completely unacceptable because they've made great games like Fallout Four, Fallout Three, Elder Scrolls Four and Five, and and hopefully Six, and you make a game like Mass Effect Andromeda that's just just it seemed half half asked you know the way they were going through the story on this and they said basically it seemed like they took a break from this game <coughs> so it was in development for like six years and the end of the game and the beginning of the game have like good missions well thought out well character development but the middle is just basically tacked on there yeah i don't i don't really get it i don't know why they they and, feel like I don't know if it's pressure from up above to just get this game out or what it is, but a game like Fallout 76, I just don't understand how people can create something so poor, put your name on it. No, I mean, you had to have known they're, they're, they have billions of playtesters that play these games. Mm-hmm. Those people are paid for a reason to play a game and let the developers know when there's issues with it. Well, I think it's the overlords of the 
parent company or the, the person who owns the studio. And, I mean, Bethesda, I think it's more the concept of games as a service that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That you can put out, what was the term? It was like minimum game requirements or whatever. Basically, you make a full game and then you chop it up close to release and then you put out the minimum amount of game mm-hmm. and then you slowly add on to it. Was essentially how it is as games of a service. Well, it's unfortunate. And then you pay for like subsequent. It's unfortunate that that's the state of the video game industry that we live in. Yeah, it's mainly the AAA kind of titles like Activision. That's what I'm afraid. Like as as excited as I am for um, Sekiro, I'm afraid because Activision is suffering right now. Mm-hmm. They're not suffering from a. Uh, a profit standpoint because they're they made over like a billion dollars last year, but they just laid off like 800 people and they just lost um Halo. So, or no, no, they just lost um, shit, what's a thing like Halo? Titanfall? No, who what did Bungie make after t- Halo? Destiny. Oh, Destiny, yeah, they just lost the IP. So now they don't really have any major. IP Call of Duty still on their roster, but Apex is just destroying it, mm-hmm. and people are leaving Call of Duty for Apex. So I'm afraid they're going to try to monetize Sekiro. That's why I have so much respect for people like, like from Soft. Like, Hopefully, they stand their gun and like level five. Just like these developers that kind of stay behind the scenes <coughs> and create like just really polished games that have a lot of heart to them. Um, like a game like Nino Kuni. There's, I don't know, there's just so much charm in a game like that versus a game like your Destinies that I, and your Anthems that I just feel like... Like, yeah. all these companies are trying to make money, right? That 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 is the sole purpose and goal. But I feel like people like Level 5, they're also really trying to tell a story. Yeah, and I think you see that in games like Marvel Spider-Man, I mean, the Sony-specific IPs. Yeah. Um, so you have Marvel... Um, Spider-Man, you have God of War, you have Horizons, where they're not... Yeah, for, like, Horizon, they monetized the DLC, but the DLC was huge. Mm -hmm. And it added to the story, and it was well thought out, and it wasn't, hey, we chopped this off the original game. It's like, no, after the game was finalized, we gave you a well-thought-out product. Then we went back to the drawing board, came up with this additional add-on to further the lore... And put on extra hard stuff for you. Yeah. And like God of War is the same way. It's, does this make the story better? Let's do it. And I think Nino Kuni would be along the same lines from what you've said. But it's not, let's chop up God of War into, I'll give you four missions. And then you will add them on like three months down the line. Yeah. Or like every month because it's a service for 10 years. Yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate and yeah. frustrating. It was it was funny. The uh, sales numbers for um, Anthem in the UK were ten percent of what Destiny was when it launched. Really, a weekend ten percent. I think it was forty two forty two million in the UK the first week for Anthem, and it was like four hundred and eighteen million for Destiny the first week. I just don't see, or I didn't see a lot of hype surrounding this game, like leading up to its release. Well, I think EA didn't understand that Apex was going to be a good thing. There was zero marketing, and I don't know if... They just don't communicate within the different studios that are launching stuff. Yeah. But I don't think they thought Apex was going to be huge. I thought they were going to slow, like monetize it a bit, and it would just be a slow cash cow. Yeah. But it became a huge phenomenon, and 
25 million people playing in, I think, in two weeks. Yeah. Or a week. Um, yeah, it just... I don't know. They undercut themselves and they cannibalize the market for a shooter or looter shooter. Like, instantaneously. Yeah. The second they put out Apex, like, two weeks earlier. It's unfortunate. I mean, I don't see this game being talked about at all in 10 months from now. No, and the concept of, hey, we want this to be a competitor to Destiny, we want, and Borderlands kind of concept, and it's going to be a 10-year journey, the same way that uh, Activision kind of marketed the uh, Destiny experience. It's not going to be around based off of, there's three dungeons, like endgame dungeons, right, for you to grind for the best gear in the game. I think two of them are reused from the storyline, mm-hmm. main story. So you have one new dungeon. That's it. That's the post-end game. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And they take like a half an hour, like to an hour to do. And you're just supposed to grind that. Usually it's like you have 10 plus bosses, and then you add on extra bosses. Not The next boss or next raid that we're going to get is in May, I think, is what they said. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm never going to play this. I'm just more sad that bioware has put out like another just Mm. piece of junk i think we should play it when it's like five bucks yeah i mean i'll do that i mean destiny i got destiny 2 because it was free yeah i got warframe warframe's always been free but that's always been a good game yeah oh well i don't know what can you do i just uh quit sucking triple a studios that's the message here that's the message i think this might be one of our shortest episodes yet ryan yeah we don't, have a, we don't have a ton of questions, and by the way, I'm not going to ask Ryan because I know he's not going to remember. You can write into the show a number of different ways. We have, a, we have an email. I, I knew exactly where you're going after that. Yeah, otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Write in with anything you want. Feedback, questions, news stories, whatever you want. Criticism. And, and, happy to take it. Anything that makes the show better. And uh, we've also got a Discord link in the show notes below. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, arielewis2011, for... Updates about the show, what we're going to be talking about, when the show's going out, all that good stuff. Ryan, we got a few questions on the Instagrams last night. Put something up late last night. Probably should have done it sooner, but that's fine. Let's check this out here, pulling it up. By the way, I watched A Star is Born (coughs) yesterday. And one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, Tommy George, friend from college, writes into the show. Ryan, if you get stuck on a desert, if you were stranded on a desert island question, what sandwich would you have? Oh, gosh. I've been going to Subway. I've been pounding some solid Subway sandwiches. So my my, uh, sandwich build is, so I get a Philly cheesesteak with pepper jack toasted on um, Italian urban cheese, and then I get lettuce, tomatoes, green peppers, onions, pickles, banana peppers, jalapenos, and then a, basically a salad with some meat and some bread, and then chipotle southwest sauce. Wow, that's a sandwich. It's a very specific sandwich. That's like a Scooby-Doo. Is it it bad that I can like visually see me picking? You started like salivating and drooling over there too while you were Well, We just had some noodles for our break that is unbeknownst to the listener, and um, yeah, some pad thai. I okay. So since I uh, worked at Noodles, they actually had increased the amount of uh, egg 
in the pad thai, mm. which I did notice. <coughs> which I'm not complaining because you get extra protein and then you don't need some parm chode on your your meal. <laughs> yeah, parm chode. Yep. Got it. Uh, I had Japanese pan noodles, my yeah. favorite. You have like these nice little, actually they're like more of a thick noodle. An with, udon. Yeah, grilled chicken, um, shiitake mushrooms, broccoli. And carrots. And carrots. Really, really good stuff. <laughs> and uh, The only reason to know that there's carrots because I've made them before. <laughs> yeah, I knew there was another ingredient in there, yeah. but I didn't, yeah, good stuff. So what type of sandwich would you like, Rusty? What type of you were excluded. sandwich would I want? Um, honestly, I'd probably just take something from, um, Penn Station. Ah. Their subs are... The Which one? Just boss. Um, you know, it's tough. I think it was just their bread, like, the crispiness of it was so yeah. good. Um, but nothing too crazy. I'd probably want, like, grilled chicken, some, like, sautéed spinach, um, pepper jack cheese is always good to go for. Yeah. And uh, maybe sprinkle some carrots and banana peppers on there. Okay. And we'll call it good. Nice. So uh, Tommy George actually wrote in with a second question that said, what constitute a, constitutes a sandwich? Okay, so along those same lines, I was watching, because I was in a God of War mood, the producer is asking the main cast, so the guy who plays Kratos, mm-hmm. um, the guy who plays the uh, Norse god, and then the main girl, uh, Freak or whatever, and uh, he was asking those actors, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. It's a hot dog. It's a category unto its own. Okay. So we can just make up categories for random things? What? Co- okay. So now, what is the definition of a sandwich? I'm curious. I mean, you want to just say it's it's meat between bread. Oh, I guess not necessarily meat because there's... Hot know, dog is technically meat between bread. I know. It's questionable meat between questionable bread. It's a collection of ingredients between bread that's enjoyed by humans? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread with meat, cheese, or other filling between them, eaten with it as a light meal. Okay. So that could be a hot dog. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's not. I just think it's like... You're wrong. <laughs> like, you're not going to see a hot dog on a sandwich menu of a restaurant, I don't think. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. it's near the hot dogs. Yeah, it's just, it's in its own little category. Is there a specifically hot dog like place? Yeah, of course. What? Well, you have Coney's at uh, uh, what is that place called? Skyline. Okay. Well, they also sell like the two ways and the three ways, right? They're like so I'm thinking the same way that Canes Gosh, I only talking about the same place. Skyline Chili. Oh, wow. Okay, we're talking about a chili joint here. I don't know what kind of joint. You're talking about two ways and three ways and all kinds of yeah. craziness. Well, <laughs> that's like, that's behind Skyline. Yeah. You got some extra sauce. Yeah. You got some extra meat. I don't know what we were paying for here. Um, um, no, so but there's no, definitely like, hot dogs. The same dog way specific. that Cane's is a specific chicken finger joint. Is there like a hot dog specific joint? Yeah, there is. Um, there's one specifically that I'm thinking about. It's typically like at airports or something like that. Hold on a second mm-hmm. here. Hot dog joints. <coughs> There's one specifically um hot dog franchises. Didn't think we'd be talking about hot dogs on this podcast, but that's what I'm Nathan's thinking. famous hot dogs. Nathan, I've never heard of that. You've seen the logo. Hold on a second. Maybe. Nathan's famous hot dogs. I mean, you can buy them in the store. Like you've never seen that like logo before? No. 
I guess you didn't work at Kroger for seven years. You wouldn't know. No. I'm never in the hot dog aisle either. Yeah, but Nathan's definitely is a very famous hot dog Because weren't hot dogs, they just used to stuff the ground up meat of a pig in their own intestines and then they fry it up. You know, or is that, that that's... um. That was the, uh, like, the... Kibasi. That's what that is. The third grade, you know, rumor mill going around on the playground. That's what you always heard, like, about hot dogs. I don't know how true that actually is. Well, now they have, like, a meat lining, but I think it's, like, kibasi. That It's more of a kibasi thing than it is okay. a, uh, a hot dog thing. Mm, I could go for some kibasi and mustard. All alone on the wayside. So wait, wait, do we answer the question? Yeah, I think so. What, what was the constitutes question? a sandwich? Yeah. And then we uh, gave the definition and we uh complained about hot dogs. What's up? All right. The next question we got from Travis from the email. He says just some questions as the subject header here. He opens it up with Rusty and Ryan, Uncharted 4 is legitimately the swan song it promised to be. But enough about that, because I'm currently playing God of War 4, staying up way too late, many days in a row to play. And I'm obsessed. Yes. But I have to save everything for my de- debut on the podcast. Keep it fresh, just like Nathan Hot Dogs. Right? You're right, Travis. You're right. Just like Nathan. <laughs> I was like, if he said Nathan Hot Dogs in his email, I would be beside myself. Yeah. He's psychic and plays God of War 4. I mean, why else would he? I mean, he's executive producer of the show for a reason, people. He says, so here are some questions. Oh, we were reading from a script that says, mention Nathan's hot dogs. That's right. From um, Travis. So here are some questions. One, Uncharted 5. Would you, he says, what would you prefer? Casey, oh, spoilers. Casey Drake, his daughter, searching for Native American treasures all across the States and Canada, or Nathan Soli in a retirement home, sitting in rocking chairs, BSing a bunch of big fish stories that we get to play. Now that would be fun. I would like like a almost a mini game, not mini game, but like a uh, mini stories of them just doing shenanigans. Yeah, so like it's yeah, definitely like flashbacks. Playing flashbacks, I think, would be spectacular. That would be a lot of fun. I don't. I think they're retiring the like. Unfortunately, I think they retired the Nathan Drake character. So you wouldn't. They can always it, bring him back. They can always bring him back. And I think because I would love that seeing Sully as like a senile old man would just be hilarious and just perfect. I also see um, he's kind of a grandpa figure to the daughter. Yeah. Right. So I could see um, Nathan going out with the daughter as well, and like just as the wife was sassy and Drake is just an interesting, hilarious character having the daughter being just as sarcastic and, yeah. like, getting into trouble and making the same kind of, like, a very much a parallel to the mom. Definitely. And, and then him even saying, like, quips, him, like, like, you're just like your mom or whatever. I'm trying to think of a game, not to reference this to God of War, but, like, the same way that they go out on a journey together and they're bonding over that, mm-hmm. it's the same way that Nathan with his daughter would be going out. Yeah. And then your wife would join you on certain missions or to do different things and... She's following her passion to be a photographer or hunt for treasure. But and inevitably, you know, she gets taken and there's nothing more empowering for a character than losing your daughter and going back after her like Liam Neeson. No, I would say stuff. the wife would be taken and the daughter and the... Ooh. So it's the same way that Kratos and his son Take two out. levels of craziness here. Yeah. So that they go together and they're helping each other. Yeah. Because there's certain small crevices that only she can get through to open different gates. Like the same way you would do in The Last of Us. All right, Naughty Dog, what's up? Ryan and yeah. I, we're here ready, we're ready to pen the script here. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. I mean, 
Because it would be the same kind of dynamic as The Last of Us, mm-hmm. except minus zombies and with like cool scaling stuff. And yeah, that I would like be it. really cool. Yeah, because no, you would have. That. Yeah, you. It would be a mixture of God of War and uh, The Last of Us. You have a reason to grow and bond with your character, and then the interactions and the sarcasm would be a good playful mix to all the puzzles. Uncharted Five. Do it. Do launch it. title with the PS Five, November twenty twenty. We'll see you there. Question number two, what location landscape would you have liked to see in Uncharted? Japan. That would be cool. Like countryside Japan. You know, like really <coughs> off the, the, the beaten path where there's just like ancient samurai relics and things like that. Hmm. So I guess Uncharted 2 was mountains and like the Alps or whatever. Uncharted 3 was kind of desert. Mm-hmm. Uncharted 1 was a mixture of, like, lush Caribbean, and Uncharted 4 was kind of that in, like, Madagascar, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think a countryside... I'm trying to think. You don't... All of them are kind of ruins, because you're essentially looking for treasure. Um, so maybe, yeah, if you're going to do Japan, maybe a rundown portion where you fall into, like... I think I'm thinking more China, but... You know those stone soldiers. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that because of I just started watching Mummy Three where they do like the Prince of China. Get that or whatever. garbage out of it. It was crap, and then they changed up the main character, and she wasn't the same as like the sassy, beautiful girl of the first two. Rachel Wise, she's a goddess. Yeah. She's married to the beautiful man that is Daniel Craig. Didn't really? Yeah, Bond. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know what's also interesting? Some news just recently broke. Uh, Rami Malek, who played, of course, yeah. uh, Freddie Mercury, is going to play the villain in the next Bond movie. He'd make oh. a great villain. Yeah, him in... Uh, Dude, his chin could seriously slice diamonds. It's so... Oh, like, it's beautiful. It's it's have you seen... Um, oh, what's that hacker show he's in? Robot guy. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot. Have you seen that? No. You should. Yeah. It's really good. I want to. I started... See, I finished season one, and I'm into season two. So that one's worth seeing as well. Um, but as far as the location... I don't know, North America is kind of a dull environment. You, the only interesting parts are we have the Grand Canyons and we have some mountain ranges, both on the east and west coast. I think Mexico with, like, the Aztecs, I don't know if that could be really cool. In, like, Mexico City, uh, I think that's more of... That was already That was already movie. one, yeah. I think. Because, like, the El Dorado thing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Um, Let's see, South America, you could get hidden tribes. I mean, there was, I'm thinking more Africa, but they found a civilization that was actually, they found by scanning the land with, like, drones or whatever, they were able to, un, like, see civilization, like, mapped out under the ground, which was pretty cool. So they could probably do that and dig down into, I th- really, anything that's decayed and it's, not necessarily that you can see on the surface. You have to go into an underground portion. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to do Africa, it's probably one of those lost tribes. I think it would be really cool exploring like one of those really remote cultures. That could be really cool. Like that island that just killed that guy who was trying to proselytize. Mm-hmm. Like going and seeing that civilization and actually... Because they're so unknown and we see them as like the Iron Age or Bronze Age or whatever they are yeah. currently in their cycle... But saying, oh, they actually have this 
crazy technology and it's hidden because of X, Y, and Z. The same way like Wakanda is hidden yeah. in Infinity War. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this civilization who have technically limitless possibilities because we don't have any interaction with them. That could be cool. Um, trying to think. Indonesia. Australia. We kind of went already. Madagascar is kind of like that. Yeah, I think those are kind of where I'd go. Solid picks. Yeah. Yeah, we Antarctica have, we, would be boring. We need more Uncharted's. Yeah, unless you have like the North Pole and you run into a pole and then you have to kill Santa and he actually has like a diamond that could power a laser that could kill everyone. They could and it's worth that a lot of money. Script. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a sleigh. Sure. Because he's slaying. You're oh, you're ridiculous. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even come back from that comment. I think we should just call it a wrap there, Ryan. Yeah. So yeah, we're back. Um, we took a week off for I guess rejuvenation we are both kind of in a weird mood for video games trying to figure out where we are our place in life god that was my last three weeks what am i doing with my life and what i want to do with my future so yeah i guess we're we're going to be back to a normal schedule now that we're kind of in the swing of things and we'll be back to having like large expansive main topics and yes um we had an idea for next week. You were talking about like March Madness thing. Oh, right? yes. Thanks for bringing that up. So I kind of tossed the idea over to Ryan, an executive producer of the show, and I wanted to get their takes on creating some kind of, in the spirit of March Madness, that is the college basketball tournament that takes place towards the end of March and into April, um, where you know you have these 64 teams and everyone kind of creates these brackets to see and predict who's going to make the top. And so Ryan and I would like to do that same thing with either video game characters or video games. Choose 64 characters or games and... Or even one for movies as well. Yeah, and we would have these um, kind of long, drawn-out discussions, you know, kind of explaining which ones that we chose. So we kind of outline in detail what the bracket would be for people, and then maybe the, the subsequent two weeks, Ryan and I... Really, what we can do is take a picture of it and put it on his Twitter. Yeah, and so then everyone can see what's going on, and then, uh, yeah, Jordan on the fun discussion, and then Ryan and I will uh, <coughs> kind of duke it out here on the show, talking about... Uh, Who wins, and... Or like know, Sora versus think. Riku type of thing. I think we both know. <laughs> yeah. we, we both agree on that one. Yeah, Donald. Um, you said Donald... <laughs> Yeah, Donald would come in, slash their both their throats, and spill their blood to summon yeah. a demon. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Ryan, I need to create that bracket. So. I, I, the only reason I say slit their throat to summon a demon is because I'm watching the first couple seasons of Supernatural, okay. and that's how they summon the yellow-eyed demon. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, like, oh, so are Riku, we're going to save the Heartless. And then Donald runs up with, like, an obsidian dagger from, like, Elder Scrolls and slits their throat, and Mickey's just over there twerking in their <laughs> blood as it's just spewing. Like, no, it's spewing, like, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail when they cut off the oh, yeah. soldier. It's uh-huh. just, like, very, like, animated. Yeah. Like, obviously, this is Someone's, a like, pressing a button, like, squirting. <laughs> just a flesh wound. And there's, like, all oh, my hearts. And there's just, like, bloods everywhere. And Mickey's just, like... Oh, yeah, my milkshake spring on the boys to the yard. And, like, Minnie's in the background as a DJ. She's got, like, um, I guess, dead mouse head on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. She's like a Rihanna costume. So in two months, Nomura, that's actually what he's patching into the game. <laughs> yeah. That that particular secret story. ending number two. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Before Ryan says too many other things that completely derail uh, yeah. the legitimacy of this podcast. We should probably just end it. So thank you all fine listeners for listening to the show, continuing to support us, write in, looking at you, Travis. You keep the show going. Keep it afloat. We will be back next week to probably detail, lay out what this whole March Madness video game style is going to be and uh, hopefully get some listener input. Should be a lot of fun. So, Ryan, any parting words? Have a good week. Stay healthy. Don't get sick like we did. And uh, we're going to also have some impressions about How to Train Your Dragon 3 next week. Yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go see that in 44 minutes. Yeah. All right. Let's do this later. Later.